Off the Rails from the U.S. Faster Payments Council. I'm Reed Lutanen, Executive Director of the U.S. Faster Payments Council, and this is Off the Rails from the U.S. Faster Payments Council, sponsored by Open Payment Network. This time we'll be sitting down with Lee Kiriaku, VP of Real-Time Payments at the Clearinghouse, and Amanda Compton, Integrated Account Protection Director at Arvest Bank. Amanda, Lee, and I talk about the latest fraud report from the FPC's Fraud Working Group, Faster Payments Fraud Mitigation Tactics, Next Steps in Fighting Fraud, and both guests' very interesting side hustles. But first... The headlines. The FPC spring member meeting will be at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin Hotel Resort in Orlando, Florida, March 27th and 28th. Registration is open at fasterpaymentscouncil.org. So head over there to book your registration. Uh, and a big thank you to all of our spring member meeting event sponsors, Aloya Corporate Federal Credit Union, Finsley, Form 3, Identify, Jack Henry, MyTech Systems, North American Banking Company, Pacific Coast Bankers Bank, Shazam, The Clearinghouse, and Trustly. And if you'd like to add your name to that list of sponsors, please reach out. There are tons of sponsorship opportunities still available. We've expanded the agenda to allow for more opportunities to hear from fellow members and to network with friends and colleagues. And if you're like me and you're looking for any opportunity to get on a few rides at Walt Disney World, we've got a micro site to grab discounted park tickets. That one was included in the FPC newsletters you've been receiving the last few months. And if you can't find it, just shoot us a note at memberservices at fasterpaymentscouncil.org. I use that site to buy park tickets for my family since we'll be going down early during spring break, and I saved quite a bit compared to the published prices. Also remember, this will be a busy time in terms of flights and hotel availability, so book your travel early. FPC members, you should have already gotten your renewal notices, and we're so excited to continue working with you to advance the FPC's mission of safe, easy-to-use, ubiquitous, faster payments. If you're listening and you aren't a member, now is a great time to join. 2024 is going to be a huge year in faster payments, and the FPC is the center of that action. Head to fasterpaymentscouncil.org to apply for membership. Membership includes access to members-only content, unlimited access to work group activities, members-only webinars, and the ability to run for our board and vote for board members, and unlimited attendance at our twice-annual in-person member meetings. Also, there are several new resources for you to use on the website. Faster Payments, Fraud Trends and Mitigation Opportunities, Bulletin 1, which we're going to be discussing with Lee and Amanda today, sheds light on authorized push payment fraud, where an authorized party is deceived into sending a payment to a fraudster. It explores the increasing challenge of combating this fraud, emphasizing the need for education, awareness, and enhanced business workflow on both consumer and business fronts. The practicalities of cross-border payments in a faster payments world, which we discussed with Barry Tooker and Jonathan Holland last month, delves into the history of cross-border payments, examining the evolution from ancient trade routes like the Silk Road to modern-day global financial systems. It explores the challenges for, faced by financial institutions and correspondent banking relationships, shedding light on regulatory compliance, security concerns, foreign exchange rate risks, and the impact of fintech players entering the field. And finally, digital assets in the financial industry is the first in a series of blogs that might map out how digital assets relate to the financial services industry, focusing specifically on payments made with digital funds. Okay, that's enough of the headlines. Let's get to that discussion with Lee and Amanda now. 
Okay, we're joined by Lee Kiriaku of The Clearinghouse and Amanda Compton of Arvest Bank. Hey, thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for having us. Hey, our pleasure. Okay, let, let's get right into it. And I, I want to start with Lee because I think it's a good idea to sort of set the context a bit. You know, you, of course, you're the chair of the FPC's fraud working group. And Amanda, of course, you're the vice chair. So, Lee, if you, if you would touch on the work group a bit, maybe some of the past pieces of work that the group's put together, and then a quick overview of this most recent resource that you published earlier this year. Sure, happy to read. Um, so the fraud work group in, a, in another incarnation had put out some material in the last couple of years, basically an overview of where things were in terms of fraud prevention on a faster payments network. That included a survey that was done asking members to talk about uh, fraud vectors. Um, there's also some material that was done on faster payments and financial inclusion, and that fraud has some issues that affect financial conclusion. Those are all kind of past pieces. What the fraud work group did this time around was say, let's do an update from that. And this first piece looks at um, basically what are the current fraud vectors that we're seeing? In other words, you know, what are, what are the latest games that fraudsters are playing? And then what are banks doing to uh, counter, you know, those ploys in those areas? And then after we do that, the article also looks at what are gaps and what are opportunities where we could get better at doing this in the U.S.? That's kind of the summary of the article. Great, thanks. And Amanda, let's get you in here because I think it would be a good thing for us to talk about the different types of fraud that are out there. And, you know, specifically, what are some of the fraud vectors you're seeing in, in your business at Arvest, which I'm assuming would be common among lots of financial institutions? Absolutely is. Yeah, it very much aligns with uh, what we're seeing in the industry. So big thing would be check fraud. I think we're all seeing a, a plethora of articles out there about all of the, the check fraud happening and impersonation, you know, people stealing identities, pretending to be um, other their victims, basically. We're also seeing a lot of scams. Um, and so some of these, the run-of-the-mill scams, you know, on social media, we're also seeing a uh, lot of smishing scams that are then leading to unauthorized activity. So um, there's fake messages out there going around everywhere, either pretending to be from your financial institution, um, a common business that we use, or uh, the government, a government entity, we're seeing scams and they usually have a link in them. Um, sometimes they're advising, you know, something is wrong, you have to go click on this link to fix whatever the issue is. Um, and then whenever you click on those links, it's leading to either compromised credentials, login information, or um, personally identifiable information can get compromised that way. Your device can get compromised so then that's, of course, is, is leading to more uh, fraudulent activity. So I always tell people be very cautious of anything they're getting in a link. I say uh, I, I use the, the quote kind of fast no's, slow yeses. So if you don't feel really good about it, just, you know, take your time when you're responding with a yes or an affirmation or, or you know, taking action on something. But um, hold back and go ahead and kind of verify before you um go ahead and move forward. I may have said that backwards. So fast, nose, and slow would be my, what I want to end that one on. 
Yeah, no, I think you said it right the first time. And I, I, I think that's a great advice, right? So take your time. If you're, if you think it might be legitimate, take your time. If you know, it's not just say no and move on with your life. Right. Absolutely. Um, I, one thing I think about a lot with the check fraud is I think there are lots of opportunities um, with, with more, with faster payments as an example of ways to sort of like, let's stop sending the checks in the first place. So they don't get stolen and used some in Yes. fraud. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, Lee, given all those different types of fraud that Amanda talked us through, it's, it's safe to say there are different gaps that arise and then uh, different mitigation strategies. So what are a few things that people should have in mind when it comes to the gaps that currently exist and then some of the opportunities to mitigate? Yeah. Um, so where I would start is, is saying, first, it's important for people to understand that all faster payments are credit push systems, which means that the only way a payment can get initiated is if the sender, through either online banking or mobile banking, has logged in and told their bank, send a payment to this party. And that inherently makes it a safer transaction. The rates of unauthorized payments, given how good banks are at you know, controlling, is this there to have, you know, still see in the card world? So that's, as a credit push system, what it also means is our biggest gap in terms of the unauthorized side is the consumer themselves somehow getting fished or getting fooled into giving up their credentials. And the education element is always gonna be one of the most important things to do is to keep educating folks of, this is how this works. No one is ever gonna ask you for your credentials. The bank's not gonna do that. So, but there is a gap there and it, it goes smaller and larger depending on what the banks are doing and what the fraudsters are doing. On the scam side, meaning I am the customer, uh, I told the bank to send the payment, but you know, Amanda was promising me puppies and she's a fraudster. Um, those situations are much harder for the sending bank to understand. One of the important areas that banks can work in that's a gap right now is in sharing information on receivers and not in you know, exactly who it is and, and who they are, as much as statistics about those receivers that would help the sending banks make a determination as to is this receiving account really who they say they are and do they, might they look like a fraudster? The ability to share that information is an area that the whole industry is working through. It's a gap and it's a good one to start to fill. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Amanda, you know, I, I almost hate to go here because I know you guys just put a bunch of work into getting uh, the most recent uh, bulletin published. But seeing as how it's numbered one uh, and in its, its preamble where we refer to it as the first in a series, I suspect you guys are already working on another one. So what's what's the vision for the next one? Yeah, you bet we are. We're a very motivated and a highly passionate group of people uh, when it comes to fraud mitigation. So our next uh, bulletin is looking at fraud practices and concepts related to faster payments at an international level. So many other countries, you know, they've figured out how to do this. Um, some of these countries are similar, some of them are different, but they figured out a way uh, to implement faster payments and to grow faster payments. So they've also, along the, along the path of that, they've had some learning lessons, um, some successes, some failures, and we know that those failures are just as important, if not more important, than the successes. Um, but through their trying to figure out how do they mitigate the fraud um, along the way as they're implementing and growing faster payments. So 
these are all little learning nuggets. Um, and we're going to go look at what those are um, and then pull them back into, into one document, one bulletin, um, so that we can see how do those successes and failures apply to the United States? You know, how, how can we learn from them in the U.S., in our environment? Um, and we'll be covering those in the next bulletin. Awesome. And if, if this sounds like something you'd want to be involved in, hit us up at info at uh, fasterpaymentscouncil.org. Uh, if you're already a member, you're definitely welcome and encouraged to join the work group. If you're not already a member, join and then you can join the work group. So um, good job, guys. You uh, want to move on to play a game, play by or sell? Let's do it. <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, start with Amanda and then Lee. Uh, financial institutions that implement receive only instant payments don't need to worry about fraud, buy or sell? Uh, I'm going to sell that as then I'm going to disagree. <laughs> um, we are all in this together. We've got to create a very trusted environment. Um, kind of like raising kids, it takes a village. And so if we're only focusing on one aspect, we're kind of missing uh, the forest through the trees. So and also, I would just say, you know, who wants to be on the end where you're enabling the bad actors to be successful? Yeah. Amen to that. Lee, what do you think? Uh, so I'll, I'll do the opposite. I'll take a buy on this one. And all I will add, it's not that I actually disagree, but the element that I would add is that if you're a receive only on a credit push system, that means you're getting money in the door. You're not required to do fraud screening. I would hope you do good KYC so you don't have a bunch of, you know, synthetic fraudsters sitting on your new accounts. But remember, you're getting money in the door. Right. So that should ease up receive only concerns. When you go to send, you got a whole set of issues you got to worry about in addition. But receive is kind of easier. Hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Uh, let's stay with you, Lee, and then we'll go to Amanda on this one. Uh, instant payments are inherently more fraud prone than paper based payments. So sell. Come on. <laughs> right. That's easy. Sell. A check or the worst right now. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Amanda. Oh, agree. I totally agree. We're literally sending around our account information on these little pieces of paper um, everywhere. And so I'm I'm happy to to debate that one with anybody who wanted to. But um, usually I think we think of uh, faster payments as being a fraud problem. It's not it's not the the fraud problem is not the, the faster payment. It's usually something that happens before that, like inadequate authentication or the KYC or those, you know, people falling victims for those, those scams of the phishing and things like that. So agree with you on that one, Lee. All right. That's definitely a sell. Um, Lee, there are some good places to grab a beer in Beacon, New York by yourself. Um, clearly a buy. Reed, I'd like you to come up to New York, uh, Beacon, New York. I, I have a say, side job. I'm the mayor of the city of Beacon, New York. In addition, I work at the Clearinghouse. It's a part-time position. We've got three good breweries that I know of um, and would love to have you up and um, take you to all. Uh, let's go. Let's make it a date. Uh, let's let's stick with you, Lee. Uh, there's more fraud occurring through RTP and FedNow than we think. Um. Hmm. Um, it depends on what you think to start with. So I will do a sell on that because I think everyone assumes faster payments means faster fraud. I'm with Amanda that actually faster payments are generally far safer, especially if we educate people effectively. So I'll do a sell on that. But Amanda may take the opposite. 
What do you think, Amanda? I think I am going to take the opposite. Um, but also I have some questions. So I actually am, am kind of debating this one internally a little bit in my head. I think it depends on how we're defining fraud. So if we're including scams, then 100%, yep, I'd buy this one because I think that people um, are less likely to admit a vulnerability. And I, I think if we're including scams in that bucket of fraud that we have some underreporting happening. Yeah, that raises a couple points. I'm going to hop up on my soapbox. One is, and I've talked about this with other guests before, but I think we all, as payments people, have a, a I don't know about a duty, but a, a, it's good for us if we help spread the word that, hey, it, you shouldn't be ashamed. If you get tricked into doing something like this, you need to let people know, you need to report it um, because the person who tricked you is probably a very bad person. And we yep. we should do our, we should all be doing our part to try to catch these people. Um, yep. Yeah. So, it, you know, just sort of let's help normalize that, not stigmatize people being victims of this kind of stuff. It happens and it can happen to anybody. Um, mm -hmm. We just saw the other day, somebody was like $26 million from some deep fake, right? Or something like that. And uh, it you know, that's a very sophisticated person. Um, okay. Uh, let's stick with you, Amanda. And then we'll go to Lee. Uh, the RTP network will process 500 million transactions in 2024. This is, I was hoping Lee would go first on this one. So I could borrow his answer. <laughs> um, I had questions. So, you know, if you, if you talk to many fraud people, we usually, um, we're going to have some follow-up questions before you have the answer. So I was, is this globally or is this just in the United States? And then are we talking like any real-time payment rail? Because if so, maybe you buy. The huh? RTP network owned by the clearinghouse that Lee uh, and his oh. companions. Can I, can I like phone a friend Lee on this one? Because I think it's <laughs> sure. possible, but I think. Sure. What, yeah. do, you, what do you think? Lee? You're, doing, you're doing the right thing to phone a friend. So, because I can give you stats, right? 250 million payments last year on RTP. We grew more than 40%. If we grew the same 40 plus percent this year, we still wouldn't quite be at 500 million. So it would be a leap. Uh, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll buy because I'm ever optimistic, but I also gave you numbers that it's, it's, you'd have to double volume from uh, this year. And that's, that's a hard ask for something that's already doing 250 million payments a year. Thanks, Lee. I'm pretty risk adverse, though. Not a gambler over here. So you're selling. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'll sell. <laughs> uh, let's see, Amanda. I buy or sell that I could pull off one of those Christmas tree hats. Yeah, absolutely, you could. So I'll uh, I'll crochet you a Christmas tree hat, and I'll have it to you by next Christmas. It takes me about two hours, so no problem. Next time I see you, you'll have a Christmas tree hat. And you guys, everybody who knows me knows I love hats. Um, <laughs> Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's stay with you, Amanda. Ensuring that all users can trust instant payments is fundamental to the adoption and usage of this new payment type. Uh, buy. Uh, I 100% buy. Um, that's one of the reasons why I love FPC is because it's kind of bringing together all aspects of the process um, into like a more collaborative discussion around the, the entire process instead of a siloed. And I think that collaboration is what's going to need to make it a success. Well, what do you think, Lee? Uh, absolutely agree. Bye. Yeah. Uh, and congratulations yeah. to you both. You've won buy or sell. Uh, good job, both of you. Even though Amanda kind of cheated a little bit, she also offered. I'm sorry. So Thank you. That evens out. All right, let's move on to the lightning round. Uh, we'll start with Lee and then Amanda. Biggest advance in payments we will see in 2024. 
So quickly, I, I think the biggest advantage is continued robust volume growth. As I mentioned, you know, sort of 40 plus percent is pretty amazing growth. If I had to pick something beyond growth, maybe it's RFP starting to come online, but we'll see. Request for payment, sorry. Like that, Amanda? I think we're going to continue to see more digital wallets and, and hopefully uh, more QR codes, but dynamic ones that can't just, you can't just take a picture of them and use your friends. That's what I expect. Yeah, yeah, we're seeing more and more of that sort of movement and the QR code, literal, literal movement of the image, right? Um, all right, uh, Amanda, stay with you. And then the biggest impediment to progress with instant payments. Um, I'd say probably kind of what I had mentioned a, a moment ago is the lack of collaboration. Um, I think we have pockets of people um, or people in the industry, entities within the industry that are trying to accomplish the same goals instead of working together. And I think that's going to um, be an imp impediment for us. What do you think, Lee? Uh, education, 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 right? Because uh, the consumer piece is still the, the biggest issue. And I know we're doing a good job. You just got to keep doing it and, and double down in the amount. Yeah, people have to hear something many, many times before it sinks in, right? Uh, tell me, Amanda, tell me about a wine grape that can be grown in up here in Northwest Arkansas, where you and I both live. So there's actually several, um, but I would say one of my favorite ones so far is uh, something called Opportunity. It's a variety that University of Arkansas came out with about seven or eight years ago. Um, I haven't tried it yet, so let's have this discussion in a year. But I I like the name. It kind of makes you think, you know, we have a whole lot of options. We can make our life whatever we want it to be. Yeah, well, a lot of people might not be aware, but before Arkansas rebranded as the natural state, the license plates used to say the land of opportunity. So that's a that's a good name. True. True. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's uh we're gonna stick with you, Amanda. Good first step for financial institutions interested in developing an instant payment strategy. So we'll go with you then Lee. Um, I've actually followed this process myself many times. So I would I would say the good first step is to talk to other people who have done it, to other uh, other banks who have done it and learn from each other. Um, remember, the payment isn't the problem. It's usually something that's coming before the fraud. So don't be afraid of the payment, but make sure you're looking at the bigger picture. That would be my first step is, is to talk to and learn from others. We think, Lee? Yep, and I would just add, after you've done that, uh, just rec recognize you can come on receive only. When you come on receive only, you're kind of learning as you go. Um, lesser risk, as we kind of discussed. So that's another piece of the puzzle of how to get there step by step. Yeah, we, we like to say receive first, but point taken. Um, okay, Lee, let's, uh, let's stick with you. If I come up to Beacon, like you just said I should, uh, and you're the mayor, I feel like, do I get a key to the city? So so I, I have a key to the city. It doesn't open anything. But uh, but I, I can give it to you. You have to give it back to me because it's the only one I have. Um, <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. All right. It looks like I get a picture with it. Um, yeah. You know, I'm a millennial. I got to have my Insta. Okay. Uh, let's see. Something coming soon in payments that people should be excited about. Let's stick with uh, Lee. Yes. As I mentioned, I think the request for payment is the one that's slowly building. And it's it's coming. Uh, it may not be soon. It may even pieces over time. But it, you're going to start seeing billers send a request for payment, being able to be received by a consumer in their bank and be able to respond to it. Great. Uh, Amanda, what do you think? I'm really excited about having digital wallets or uh, the in-car payments. I want to be able to pull up to the, the gas pump or the drive-through and push a button on my dash and pay for whatever it is. I'm back. Yes, please. 
Oh, see, you just jumped ahead to my my, my last question, which is perfect because I was going to ask what you wanted to do with faster payments in your personal life. I'm I'm with you, like especially if it's raining or cold and windy as it, as it can be. What do you think, Lee? What's something you want to use faster payments? What would you like to use the RTP network to do in your personal life? So, so a couple of months ago, one of my bills, I, I use uh, online bill pay from the bank, right? And uh, I got an email from, it was Home Depot, saying, your bill's due today. And I thought, oh, heck, for some reason, it didn't auto pay. And, you know, I go to auto pay in my bank, uh, and I can't guarantee that it's paid, because right now, unless it's, you know, real time, it's going to pay the next day. Uh, I would love to be able to go into my online banking and hit the pay it right now button and know it's done. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, knowing that it's done, even if it's not that same day, but knowing that it got done and you didn't just like sort of send a payment out into the ether and never hear back from anybody um, is is great. Uh, all right. Any final thoughts uh, for our guests, Amanda, or for our listeners? You're the guest. Not a whole lot that we haven't already covered. I, I would say, you know, we all need to be excited about this so we can move to faster payments and away from checks. So that would be my bit. And then, uh, you know, fast no's and, and slow yeses to to try to encourage people to not fall victim for scams. It's happening everywhere. You know, spread the word. The person you're standing next to in the line of the grocery store, you know, uh, spread the word because decreasing the, the fear of it, of the fear of fraud and the fear of scams is going to help um, motivate this this forward. Yeah, I totally agree. Lee, final thoughts. Um, uh, education, right? A lot of what we're doing on fraud and education is we're educating the industry first. Then we have to educate consumers. Um, and, and it's just we're going to keep having to do that because the fraudsters are going to keep coming. Um, this is the only network where if you try to send a payment, your bank might say, no, I'm worried for you. Right. Everywhere else, it just gets done. Uh, and we have the ability to actually... Uh, identify potentially bad receivers that even if the customer doesn't recognize it and slow it down. Right. And I, I think that's a real ad. We have to get there with information sharing, um, but it's, it's a good one. All right. Hey, thank you both for joining us. It's a great conversation. Uh, for those of you who are listening, you can definitely check out their resource that we talked about at fasterpaymentscouncil.org. Uh, click on the knowledge center and then resources. And you'll find it right there. Uh, thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. And that will do it for this episode. Thank you again to Lee and Amanda for joining us. And don't forget to register for the spring member meeting at fasterpaymentscouncil.org. Talk to you all in a couple weeks.